Praise God, brothers and sisters. I hope you guys all had an awesome week, because I know, I know I've had an awesome week, uh, full of blessings and uh, family, and I just uh, want to thank God for that. I want to thank God for uh, um, the evenings that I've spent with you guys as well, and just uh, praise God. Um, I want to thank Him with you guys for everything, and uh, also I want you guys to think back and uh, that has that has everything that has gone uh, on so far this year. I don't know if I'll be able to get another chance to come up here and thank you guys for being part of uh, the youth. And I've been just blessed with all you guys, so I want to thank you guys for that. Um, and uh, uh, also, if you guys remember this uh, this whole weekend, these past uh, this whole past week has been like a Thanksgiving every day so far, and it's like been like eating leftovers and spending time with you guys and other youths. And uh, it's been an, a blessed week. And uh, I know you guys, as far as me, uh, every time before we ate, we, we always did one thing, and that was uh, praying for the food. And uh, I was listening to someone preaching the other day, and uh, the one thing that really caught my interest was that when we pray for food, uh, when growing up as a kid, when my parents told us to pray for food, they were like, oh, bless the food, ask for blessing. And then I was listening to this preacher, this American preacher, and he's like, uh, he was talking about giving thanks before the food instead of how we, I mean, when we pray, we also thank God for the food and everything. But most of the time we think after we eat. But this American preacher he was talking about his little nephew and uh, how he used to play football. And uh, when the football team went out to eat one day, um, the football coach was like, uh, he told uh, this nephew uh, to give thanks. And he was, uh, he grew up like me. Uh, he was told to bless his food before he ate. And so uh, when he was told to give thanks, he was kind of like lost. And so, like, after the game, they're out eating. So he's giving thanks, and he's like, I want to thank the linemen for doing a good job of blocking today and the quarterback for uh, doing a good job of hiking the ball and whatnot. So, and then everybody, like, looking at him and started laughing. But, like, like me, he was growing up uh, taught to bless his food instead of thank for it, and uh, which is which is right actually to thank God for the food and uh, thank him before we even start eating it because uh, um, like the Israelites, uh, we will find out that they weren't unthankful for their food, so God took it away. And uh, so uh, that was my uh, thought there listening to this preacher. And so Jesus, uh, actually Apostle Paul uh, in Thessalonians 5.18 writes, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And uh, he's saying this and to where this is the will of God for us to give thanks instead of complaining all the time uh, like the Israelites did when they were, they were asking Jesus. Well, I mean, my bad, sorry. They were asking uh, for freedom, and Jesus gave them freedom to, through Moses. And he led them out of Egypt, and they started complaining. And their ungratefulness led them uh, to punishment. And uh, when they were talking about how they had the food in uh, Egypt, this and that, uh, God sent them food, manna, and they complained about that too. So God took that away. And uh, just, uh, I, um, this can really relate to our uh, daily lives to where, we, we can be so, we can ask for God for a job, we get the job, and then we're just ungrateful for it. We, don't, we forget to thank God for that job, or we complain about how uh, it's hard, this and that, or we don't like it anymore, and then we ask for something else. Or we ask for, let's say, a car, or maybe something else, and we get it, and then we always, we, instead of thanking for what we have, we we tend to uh, tend to look at other people's stuff and like 
want more, want better, even though we have what we asked for already. And uh, the other day, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I came home, and I, like usual, you know, I come home, I open the fridge, and uh, there's nothing, well, I can't say there's nothing in the fridge. See, that's where I, I was wrong. I look, and I was, I guess you could say ungrateful, and uh, preparing this sermon kind of convicted me in that. And uh, I was like, oh, look, there's no food. You know, I should have stopped by to eat somewhere. Uh, and then, you know, I sit down, and uh, a few minutes later, my brother is making a sandwich. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, that looks good. Like, I want a sandwich now, you know. And uh, me opening the fridge, I was so ungrateful. I didn't see the things that were actually in the fridge because I was looking for something more, something that was already ready for me. And uh, it's like looking at a cup half full or half empty. I saw it half empty. My brother, he saw it half full. He was grateful for, he saw the mayonnaise, he saw the bread, the, the meat, the cheese. And he was grateful for that, and he made a sandwich. So uh, that's where we tend to be like this, these Israelites that came out of Egypt. And we have everything we need, and we still, we still complain. So... I just want us to think about everything that, that we have going on in our lives and just know that there's always someone out there. Maybe it's someone sitting next to you that has it harder than someone, like has it harder than you and is not as blessed as you. We, we might think that we have, we're going through so much, this and that, but we have to be grateful for what we have and what, what we are going through because some of the stuff God puts us through the tests he puts us through that for a reason, and we're in the situation for a reason. And we can't just look at other people's lives and be like, oh, he has more, he has this, that's not fair. Because God has a purpose and plan for everyone in life. So we have to be thankful for that and for what, for what we have. So I just want us to all uh, get up, and we're going to pray right now. I just want us to uh, really think about what we're praying and not just be like oh uh like thank you god for everything that i have because if someone came up to you and they're like oh thank you thank you natasha or thank you thank you uh billy or john uh you'd be like okay thank you for what okay yeah i did this to you but i did this for you i gave you this but it's a lot more uh precious and more it just it just feels better, a lot better and more uh, uh, genuine, thank you, uh, when, when it comes from the heart and you actually pronounce what you're grateful for because then the other person, in, th in this case, God actually sees that you were grateful for what he actually gave you and not just like a broad like, oh, thank you that I'm alive, thank you that I'm, you know, but I just want us all to thank God for that and uh, also, sorry for picking you guys up so early, but uh, the different ways we can uh, praise God and uh, our thanksgivings are one of the things that Vasily Papernik was talking about yesterday was uh, giving our tithing, our 10%, because like that 10%, that 100% that we got, God is the one that gave that to us to begin with. He's the one that gave us that job or that, that uh, income to where we got that money. And we, we pay him back. Our gratefulness is our tithing, our 10%. And then another way is uh, our uh, worship. And uh, it actually talks about that in Exodus, how the Israelites like, have a whole song in Exodus, I believe it's chapter 16. And uh, it's through praise, worship, prayer, and also our giving our deeds to other people and to God. So let's just thank God for everything that he's done for us. Слава Богу. Всем привет. Как у вас вечер? Что нового? Подумайте об одной вещи, о которой вы очень-очень благодарны. Вещь, которую вам дал Бог. Пусть это будет физическая, пусть это будет умственная вещь, пусть это будет что-то Бог вас научил или какой-то человек в вашей жизни. Просто подумайте. Давайте подумаем. Возьмем пару секунд просто подумайте и просто поблагодарите Бога за то, что Он вам дал 
И, возможно, многим другим Бог это не дал, хотя, может быть, и другим тоже дал. Например, я благодарен Богу, что у меня... Смотрите, такая маленькая вещь. У меня все руки есть с собой, да? У меня есть ноги. And some people don't have those things. I have sight, I have ears, I have hearing. And just to be thankful even for basic things like that and to be able to give glory to God for that and be able to ask God to use you, how you are, how he made you to be, is a big thing. I think sometimes we're so focused on little things that distract us, that we don't achieve something, we're not good enough, we're, we don't have what it needs. We're just so unthankful for little things that in a big perspective from God's point of view does not matter in our life. And we are some, like I sometimes are so focused on something and that just ruins your peace, ruins Your confidence ruins who you are in Christ and what God gave for you and to you. Um, so what I wanted to share today is one of the things that, um, it's like something that stood out to me recently. Um, let's open Luke 8, verse 14. Through this verse, God spoke to me previously very strongly. And something that I didn't notice before, I was reading and I was God, like, God, I've read this verse probably over a hundred times, if not more. And is there something else you can reveal to me or not? Uh, so verse 14. The seed which fell among the thorns... Those are the ones who have heard and go, and they go on their way and they're choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. What stood out this time to me is, and as they go on their way, на русском, но отходя. So basically, They hear the voice of God, or sometimes we hear the word of God, we receive it, but we go on our own way. We don't go the way of God, or we don't do something that God wants us to do. We rather go our own way. And by going on our own way, as they go on their way, they are choked, choked like to death, we can say, right? With worries, in Greek it also means anxiety. That's exactly what it means. Anxiety or worries, cares, uh, riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Basically, by, to me, it was just like as if God's telling me, Roman, are you going on my way or are you going on your own way? And for that reason, you're being choked by anxieties. You're being choked by trying to have something that other people have or trying to match the standard of living around, of people around you. You have to have certain car, you have to have certain education, you have to have certain looks, and so on and so forth and so on, right? Or are we choked by that? Are we focused on that? Um, pleasures of this life. Just things like we want to be satisfied. Like at some point I realized this about me is, I want to be everything to be convenient. And for the sake of convenience, I would spend so much time doing something so it will be convenient for me later on and I would miss the biggest, bigger points of life or biggest reasons to life or what God is calling me to do. Um, so, if we, so if we have worry, what does that say about our path, if we're worried about future, if we're worried about what's going to happen uh, tomorrow, if we're worried about our education, our financial income, if we're worried about are we going to pass the class, are we not, what does that say about us? To me, it seems like it, what it tells me about myself is that I'm not trusting God enough. If I know how to worry, I probably don't meditate enough on His promises. 
if I worry a lot and have anxiety, I probably don't trust him as I should trust him. Or I'm going the way that's not his way, and I know it's not as pleasing to him, but I'm going there just because I want to be more safe rather than being more doing what he wants me to do. I'm being trying to be on the safe side. And that will give you anxiety because you're trying to be on the safe side. You're trying to retrieve. And you're not trusting God enough. But how can you trust God or how can you trust anybody if you don't know, know them? If, you didn't, if, if it's the first time you see somebody, how can you trust that person? So we trust those who we know most, right? And if you know God, if you'll know God closer, then the closer you'll know God, the more you'll be able to trust Him. And if you're not able to trust Him but you worry, it probably says that you don't know Him enough to be able to trust Him. And probably another thing is, your Bible says we're not able to please God without faith, and if we live by flesh, we're not even able to do so. We're not able to please him, please him or listen to him or obey him if we live by flesh. If our mind is flesh-oriented, not God-oriented. So if our mind is not transformed into, the, in his, into his image, into his mind, then we're just not going to be able to trust him. First of all, our mind is not like his we don't think like him. He's way different from us. We don't know what to expect from him. And so that causes us, when we hear the word of God, and when that word of God, the word of kingdom is implanted to us, if we go through worries, trying to achieve something, riches, and that's our focus, if we're trying to have satisfactory satisfaction, we're searching for something, to satisfy us, that kills us spiritually, that kills our mind from bringing fruit to Christ, that kills our soul, that just destroys us and chokes us. And um, one thing I noticed, before I went to university, every time I went there, I was, it was just flowing out of me to talk to people about Jesus on the bus. It's a 45-minute to hour-and-a-half drive one way and same back ways, backwards, right? And what I noticed is um, when this verse for first time spoke to me very clearly is for the first couple months, I was able to just talk to people, talk to people there. But with time, I started to be focusing more on education, how I'm not capable of succeeding in certain things, how I'm constantly stressed, and I started worrying more and more. And me being able to speak to other people about God was not a thing. I would rather fall asleep. I would rather try to study. Just the point of gospel was not coming out through me anymore. And to me, it's like God spoke, Hey, Roma, I was giving you revelations. You were able to share them with other people. What happened? What is my word why are my revelations not bringing the fruit they're supposed to bring anymore? And at that point, I realized, God, I'm choked. I'm choked by worries. I'm choked by trying to pursue something that's taking my, my mind away from you, from your kingdom. If we read verse um, 9, nope. Previous verse, it says, To you it is granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables. So if God is giving us the mysteries, if he's revealing to us his word, are we sharing it with other people? And if he's not revealing it to us, maybe our soul is just not ready to receive um, his word at all. And where I wanted to go next is I wanted to read chapter, uh, verse 15. Um, but the seed in the good soil, those are the ones who have heard the word and in honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Um, 
what that says is good and honest heart. Is our heart and is our mind, is it transformed by Christ? Are we honest before God? Are we able to admit before God our faults? Are we able to repent and then look at ourselves with God's eyes? Look at ourselves from perspective of God as forgiven, as cleansed. Are we able to tell God, you promised you'll forgive me if I confess. God, you promised and just cite the Bible verses. Are we able to look at ourselves as forgiven? Or are we able to just being honest and not have a good heart, not understand how God made us, uh, how he forgave us? Are we vulnerable before God? Are we willing to spend time with God in prayer to transform into his image and not just get some image of a Christian or conform to some image of Christian or image of the world? Are we transforming into his image by spending time with him? Is our heart good? Are the spirits, are, are the fruits of the spirit in our heart? Who can say some of the fruits of the spirit? Last week we had Alpha. Go. Okay, let's scream them out. Okay, what's the first one everybody remem remembers? Okay, do you see love in yourself or do you see annoyance towards other people? Do you see that fruit in yourself? If not, you can ask God and he can give it to you, right? If you spend with him, you'll get that. What's the second one? Joy. Do you have joy or you're constantly worried about something and feel very not joyful? Just things like that. Um, peace. Do you have peace? Who has peace in their heart? Who, know, who has the peace of Christ in their hearts? So, how does that feel, right? Or how much are we pursuing that peace from God? What's the next one? Patience. I think that one goes with love pretty closely, right? Um, what's the next one? Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Just look at yourself and analyze. Do you have those things? Or do you have something that's not like that? Are you gentle with other people or are you able to judge them very quickly and just assume something bad about them? Um, are you able to self-control? Not eat enough too much chocolate, right? I don't know. Uh, what are we thinking about? There's a Philippians, uh, Philippines 4, 8. Think about things that, of heaven, right? Things of things that are godly, that are, um, good, that are pleasing, that are honorable, right? Do we think of those things? Do we ponder about, about on them? So hold fast. So people who bring fruit to, who bear fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? Or of what God gives them. They hold fast. So they they do something about it. They don't just hear it and forget about it, right? Um, so to me, it's like how often do we meditate and spend time focusing on what God has done for us? How much do we focus on how much um, God given us, who he is? How much do we ask him to reveal his character to us for us to transform into his character? How much when you pray, you ask for needs, and how much when you pray, you say, God, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you for who you are and not what I just hear or just I don't care who you are. How much do we actually want to know the character of Christ? What's on his heart? What's hurting him? What's going on in his life? How much do we want to really know um, what he's thinking about? How much do we know his love? Have you guys ever asked God to reveal his love to you? 
Do you guys know how God's love feels? Who knows how God's love feels? Like when you pray and you ask, like, God, just hug me. Just let me feel your love. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I pray that, when I, I uh, ask God, especially when I was a teenager, I, was, I would constantly pray and like, God, I want to feel your love again. I want to feel your love again. And when God would touch me, that's when the love of Him would be able to pour from me. Because once He fills me up with love, because He is source of love, that's when the love can flow from us. And if He doesn't give us love from His Spirit, we can't pull it out from the flesh. We can't pull it out from the thin air. We can't. We can pretend to love or try to love, but that's not going to be His love in us. Um, how much do you ask God to mold you into His image? Do we want to look like Him? Do we want to be able to think like Him and to be able to obey what He is telling us? Or are we distracted by worries, anxieties, riches? Um, are we trying to pursue something of our own or are we trying to do something that we feel or understand that God has called us to do? And it's not always... Sometimes people say that God's way is doing something specific. But what about doing things God's way? You know, when people say, this is not the way you do things, right? But what about, do we do things the way God wants us to do? Are we able to have character of Christ and do no matter what we, no matter what we do, the way God wants us to do them? And to me recently especially, what um, Max said is how much thankful are we to God for what he has made us and how, are, how open are we before him to use us. How, how much do we want to hear something from him? And when he speaks to us, do we hold to those truths? Or do we get distracted and go away? Do we trust God with everything we have? Or we try to attain riches or attain some education and hope that that will sustain us? Bible says, those who are rich... They trust in vanity or instability of the riches. So, or are we trying to pursue God and what God wants us to be to do? And that's kind of what I wanted to share with you guys so that we won't worry about things that distract us from actually pursuing what He wants us to do or how He wants us to live so that we actually don't worry or don't try to achieve something else and then try to trust in ourselves, trust in certain things. That's not Him. Just basically trust Him because He's a provider. He can do everything in our life and provide everything in our life that we need. And if He wants us to achieve something, He'll provide the blessing for, for it as well. Um, Let's pray. Um, I'm here to introduce my brother, uh, Dima. He, um, in 2002, so that was six years ago, we went on a missionary trip to Moldova. Uh, there were five of us, five brothers, and three Brinza brothers, and uh, me and my brother, Max. So we came there to this church, and uh, the first thing they had us is to sing. And we got on the stage and we started the song. And they were so disappointed. Because they thought that the Brinsley brothers are going to come with these two other guys that sang on the stage here at the Slavic Christian Center with their famous song and so on and so forth. And they were like, what? 
who are these guys? Uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, the point of the mission trip was to serve the people. And Dima, Dima был просто благословением для нас. He, он работал с молодежью там, где они живут, и просто послужил нам благословением своим машиной, нашел нам место, где жить, хотя у него семья большая, пятеро у него деток есть, хотя он смотрится, как будто ему еще 17 лет. Просто благословенный муж Божий, с которым вместе молились, вместе трудились, Я верю, что Бог сегодня через него проговорит к нам слово. I believe that God um, is speaking today and he will speak um, if we prepare our hearts, if we pay attention. So let's, let's listen. God bless you, Dima. And David. Praise God. Я бы хотел, чтобы мы все встали на наши ноги like и прослушали несколько стишков. Исайя 56 глава 7 стих написано. Я приведу их на святую гору мою и обрадую их в моем доме молитвы. Все сожжения их и жертвы их будут благоприятные на жертвеннике моем, ибо дом мой назовется домом молитвы для всех народов. Господь Бог, собирающий рассеянных израильтян, говорит к собранным у Него, я буду еще собирать других. Verse 7, and even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the, for all the peoples. The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet, all, yet others I will gather to them, to those already gathered. Praise God, you guys may be seated. I did not know who would be translating me today. But I am very happy his name is David. And it is good with David, the Bible character, to go with him against a lion and against a bear, and even against Goliath. And the topic which I would like to share with you guys today, because they had already introduced me today, I will not introduce myself. But I would like to represent him who uh, put me here. That is the Lord. And the topic is as follows, be the fire and not the smoke. And the word of God, it shows us many times that we must be the fire. But are we ready to be this fire? Are we ready? Do we want to be this fire? The fire of the Holy Spirit. Can you guys say amen? You know when I turned 18 years of age? I said to myself that I am happy. I am no longer under my mother or my father. The doors are open for me. The windows are open. I have freedom. And although I was born and lived in a Christian family, but this did not serve me any means for being a Christian. I oftentimes was dragged along or slid along this path of a Christian. And for me, it seemed important what my career would be. For me, the finances were important. For me, my family was important. And all this came to happen. I finished a Bible college. And I began to burn. 
Но это было ненадолго. But this wasn't for long. Дьявол узнал the момент, devil, he knew the moment, когда нужно было меня сбить. И когда начались испытания в моей жизни, life, я начал плакать и горькими слезами. И говорил, Господь, я не этого ждал от Тебя. Say, я хотел гореть для Тебя. Но это несправедливо по отношению к христианину, когда он терпит неудачи. Когда настали моменты испытаний в моей жизни, я начал гаснуть. To fade away. И гасты днем за днем. Day day. Мои родители говорили мне. Дима, что с тобой что-то не так? Uh, Но проходя годы, passed, я начал понимать, что без Бога я никто. God, no когда родилась у нас первая дочь, born, когда она была при смерти, And when she was near to death, she was a long-awaited child. And there had to be an urgent surgery on her heart. And I thought that finances could solve any problem. But it turned out that money meant nothing. Money is just paper. By which we live today. And for which many people they give their lives away. And how much time did young people lose? When we left everything behind our ministries, our households, and left to an unknown place. You know, when you are on fire for God, when you're Uh, when your heart is burning God, know that temptations will come or trials will come into your life. And that is why many young people, they don't want to be in the fire of the Holy Spirit. They speak it with their words, but yet on, in their actions, they are far away from it. Why? Because when you are in the fire, All, all the things which are not good, то, что мешало тебе в жизни, она начинает переплавляться. Она начинает очищаться. На такие золото они понимают, как золото делается. И почему Господь называет народ свой именно как золотом очищенным, дорогие друзья? Потому что когда я прохожу, или ты, дорогой брат, или дорогая сестра, мы проходим испытания в нашей жизни, то приходят трудности в нашу жизнь. Я хотел бы поделиться словом это исход, третья глава. And I would like to share uh, from Exodus chapter 3, from verse 1. And verse 1, Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned, burned up. Why is it that I don't want to burn away today? Because I've experienced many things in my life. We won't have the time to describe or go in depth over my entire life. Когда мне начал с того, когда мне было 18, я думал, когда мне будет за 30. 
And when I turned 18, I was thinking, when will I be past 30? But when I turned 35 years old, I'm thinking, when is that time when I was 18? I could have changed many things in my life. I would not have made those mistakes I made previously. Why? Потому что я был нечто некто испытан кем-то. Когда огонь переплавлял мою душу. Когда огонь переплавлял мою жизнь. Когда родилась когда, моя дочь, когда при, при рождении она была травмирована и она осталась and when my child when my daughter when she was being born and she was injured or uh, uh, and she became uh, invalid disabled I told God you are not fair and I was crying before God and I told him such words why I tried being this fire for you but you are leading me such a way. And there was a word from God that you must pass through this in order for you to become stronger so that you would be rooted in my word in my life. And dear friends, I see many young sisters and brothers. This is a large army for Christ. But you know, one thing brings joy to me. I was, I was at one of the services in Ukraine. And there were many people gathered, many vessels of God. And God said the following word. That in the last days I will, forth, I will bring forth my springs on the younger generation. Not on the older generation, but the younger generation. And praise be to our God for this. Why? Because it is written that you, the young men, have defeated the devil. The devil is bringing up an attack against the The devil is bringing up an attack against the Each person has his own hardships and problems. But there will be a fire in your life when God will want to change your life. And will we bring or allow ourselves to go through this Or will we just say that I'm weak, I can't make it? And I'm thankful to God that I have a wife today. When it was difficult, when there were hardships, when there were many problems, she would come up to me. When there would be fears coming down on my face. When I could not find any solution to my problems. She would come up to me. She would hug me. And she would say, Dima, it's okay. We'll come through this. We will come or we will make it through. God will help us. Because our hope is in God. And what is fire? The fire it brings warmth. It brings light. And it also purifies. But what is smoke? The smoke obscures our visibility. It brings a bad smell around. It is not needed in our life. And we, I think we were all witnesses of what happened in California. We've seen fire. We've seen smoke. And we've seen uh, crying. And when into our life comes some trials, they come with tears. They come with different temptations and trials. They come with problems, with needs. And today, currently, it is not a cool thing to talk about hardships. Today, people only strive for or look forward to blessings in their lives. But happiness does not come around without temptations or trials. 
И вы знаете, такое испытание пришло и Петру. Слово Божье говорит о том, что именно когда Петр грелся у огня, после того, как распяли Иисуса, пришла служанка. Посмотрела на него и сказала, said, и ты был с ним. Да, да, ты был с ним. Yes, и что ответил Петр? Я не знаю, о чем ты говоришь. Пришел этот дым в его жизнь. Но одно малейшее неверное часть его, которая подвела его, но горькие слезы, But the bitter tears. Но повод к молитве прощения. But the prayer for repentance. Они оправдали его. They were justified. Сколько из нас людей сегодня любят молиться? How many people here like to like to pray? И сколько из нас молятся? And how many of us do pray? Мы счастливые, мы имеем во что одеться, во что обуться. Into, Есть люди, которые этого не имеют. There are people who don't have this. Но научились ли мы просто благодарить Бога? Когда апостол Павел, он на острове Мелит, когда их корабль потерпел крушение, Библия говорит о том, что они остановились на одном неизвестном острове. Эти узники то есть эти, те, кто были заключенные, и было сказано такое слово, said, они разжигали огонь. И когда апостол Павел написал, что он хворост, то есть эти дрова он ставил на огонь, то из огня вышел, и зацепился у него на руке. На русском языке написано «Ихидина», то есть это змея. Дорогие братья и сестры, когда мы сегодня ставим свои проблемы, свои нужды перед Богом, когда я хочу служить Господу, когда я хочу гореть для Господа, знайте, что дьявол, он будет рядом с вами. И он не захочет оставить вас в покое. Ему не важно люди мира сего. Ему важны дети Божьи. Вы знаете, когда он чувствует, что что-то горячо, когда что-то его печет, то он начинает он начинает бегать. Мы тревожим его логово. Дорогие друзья, был случай в моей жизни, когда пришел ко мне один знакомый, который переживал именно такой жизненный трудности, который был одержимым дьяволом. Он приходил к ним ко мне к нам в дом и говорит: "Помолитесь, пожалуйста, за меня". И мы начинали молиться, а его дьявол кидает на землю, и он головой бьется об землю. И в тот момент ты понимаешь, что случилось. И кем он связан. Он просто кричал, Дима, можно я выйду за ограду твою? Окей, хорошо, выходи. Я иду за ним. И он успокаивается. Я спрашиваю. Что случилось? Почему тебе нужно выйти за ограду? Он говорит, я не знаю почему. Но когда я захожу на эту территорию, меня печет, во мне горит. Дорогие друзья, когда дьявол входит на территорию Божьего человека, он не может быть там. He cannot be there. Because there is the power of God. There is the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we have time, when we have the time and the moment to kneel down before God and ask Him for mercy, ask Him for love, ask for forgiveness, this is very important in our life, dear friends. With the nation of Israel before him, there was a pillar of fire, and he was leading. And dear friends, when God will be leading us, we will be able to go. 
But when we try or attempt to go on our own, we will be defeated. And when our fifth child was born, this was a son, and we named him Simeon. And for a long time we thought of what to name him. But because he was born on our Christmas Day there in Moldova or in the Soviet Union on the 6th of December, I said, God, I want to name him Simeon. Because when we bring him to you, there was a time when they brought you to Simeon. But we will bring Simeon to you. And when he turned seven months old, he was a very, uh, very active boy or very energetic. And when he was only seven months old, he это, began to walk. This was our first child who was very active or energetic. And uh, he was still crawling. And at our house, there is a stove or, or a fireplace. And there was a, a fireplace with a stove. And when my wife had put some wood into the fire, I was not at home, I was at work. And she went outside for a little while, and he was sleeping. And uh, when she came and he was already awakened, and he began to crawl and try crawling over this fireplace because there were oranges there. And when he, with both of his hands, he put on the stove which was already red from how hot it was. And it was so hot that he couldn't even stand. He fell and with his hand he fell on the stove before falling to the ground. And he began to scream. And my wife, she ran in. And on his hands there were really large sores and she couldn't understand what was going on. And she called me and she was saying this with tears, come home quickly. And she explained to me the situation. And as I was driving, I was just praying. And I was saying, God, I know that this is painful. I know that this burns. But I ask you, take all this pain away from him. For man, it is not possible. For medicine, it is not possible. But for you, there is no thing that is not possible. And when I came home, he was still uh, crying. And uh, I kneeled down on my knees and I picked him up on my hands. And I began to proclaim the name of God. The name of Jesus Christ. Which has power. And he fell asleep on my hands. And in a few hours he awoke. His hands, they were already attached on them, but he was already playing with other children, and praise be to God for this. And right now, as I look at him and I tell him, put your fingers on the stove, but he says, no, no, Dad, I can't. But why, son? Because it's hot there. And dear brothers and sisters, until we don't, so long as we don't get burned, it is difficult for us to understand. Because oftentimes when people make mistakes in their lives, the parents tell them, don't do that. Because we have gone through this. But we say, no. Until I don't experience it for myself or try it for myself. But then when we have tears, when we begin crying, when we begin moaning, when we begin saying, God, why, for what reason, 
это горячо. Мы туда больше не полезем. No да помоги нам, Господь, чтобы огонь Духа Святого so зашел на каждого из нас. Вы знаете, время уже заканчивается. Я хотел чуть-чуть еще занять ваше время. Притча о десяти девах. Из них пять разумных было, которые имели в светильниках масло, и которых имели огонь. Почему? Потому что написано такие слова, что они поправили свои светильники. And it says that they lit up their uh, lamps. У них был и оставался тот огонь. And they still had the fire remaining. Если у тебя сегодня не будет огня, if you don't have the fire today, ты не сможешь ничто поправить. You will not be able to light up. Ты не сможешь ничего исправить. You will not be able to fix anything. Сколько раз ты вставал ночью? How many times or how often would you get up at night? Когда Господь будил тебя? When God was awakening you. Это не было случайностью. Это не было моментом таком, что ты проснулся и все. Но Господь будил тебя. Господь говорил тебе, встань, поговори со мной. Зажги свое сердце для меня. Сегодня я никого не буду призывать именно о том, чтобы молиться, именно молитва покаяния или чего-то подобного. Но желание сердца моего, чтобы Дух Святой сокрушил каждое сердце сегодня, и чтобы каждый из нас, в том числе и я, чтобы мы задумались, Господи, горю ли я для Тебя огнем? Илья, он возвел жертвенник, And it says, as uh, he brought up the sacrifice. Камень за камень он поставил. It says, as he put up uh, rock by rock or stone by stone. До того момента не было огня. Before that moment, there was no fire. Но когда жертвенник был готов, but when the altar was ready, сошел огонь от Господа. The fire from heaven came down. Когда твоя молитвенная жертва, она будет готова. When your prayer offering or sacrifice is ready. Когда твой жертвенник молитвенный, он будет собранный. When your prayer altar will be built up. Знай, что придет Господь. Know that the Lord will come. И благослови твою жизнь, благословит твое начало и благословит твое продолжение и конец. Сегодня молодые сестры, они мечтают о хорошем замужестве, о том, чтобы быть счастливой женою, любящей женою. Но когда приходит момент, comes, когда не исполняется то, что она, о чем она мечтала, of, она предъявляет претензии Богу и говорит, Господи, say, God, как я раньше говорил, say, ты несправедливый Бог. Но в конечности я понимал, что Бог справедливый. Если бы я не прошел God, то, что я прошел, то я бы не, остал, не, не был сегодня вместе с вами. И неизвестно, где бы я был. Вы знаете, no. если мы не станем огнем this, fire, для следующего поколения, поколения именно молодых людей, people, если мы не сможем зажечь их, up, то мы просто живем на этой земле. Then we are just wasting our, we are just living our life here on earth. Это временный будет наше такое временное удовольствие. Then we will just have some timely pleasure. За которое придется платить. For which we will have to pay. И очень серьезно. And very severely. Мы привыкли с вами слышать о том, что. And we are used to hearing that. Бог есть Бог милующий. Бог есть Бог любви. That God is a God of love. Бог надежды. He is a God of hope. Но мы с вами забываем, forget, что Бог есть Бог строго взыскивающий. Он не строгий. Он не злой. Но он строго будет взыскивать тех, кто знал Его Слово, word, но не исполнял Его. Я не знаю почему. Но есть еще много, что сказать. Но Дух Святой призывает о том, чтобы мы сейчас снова склонили наши колени. Позволили Ему, 
чтобы он зажег наши сердца. Я просто человек, я этого не могу. Я часто сам охладевал. Я часто сам был испытан и проигрывал битву. Но когда приходил огонь, когда мои колени не чувствовали пола, когда однажды я склонил свои колени в скорбях и начал плакать, и начал молиться в духе, я не помню, сколько я молился, но колени своих не чувствовал, я знал, что я в воздухе находился. Я не хотел, чтобы это заканчивалось. И я говорил, Господь, я не хочу открывать свои глаза. Потому что если я открою, я как Петр буду сомневаться и снова окажусь на земле. Молился до тех пор, пока мои колени не почувствовали земли. And I was praying until the point when my knees actually began to feel the floor. I'm calling you a church because you are a young church. Allow the Holy Spirit to crush your heart today. If there will be tears on your eyes, don't be ashamed of this. Но мы, мы стесняемся говорить наши грехи. Мы, мы, стесняемся, мы стесняемся, братья, говорить наши проблемы. Мы стесняемся, сестры, говорить наши проблемы. Потому что нас не поймут. Помните, что многие, почти все проходили через эти проблемы. Через эти трудности. Но великий Бог, который знает все, и который слышит и видит ваше вхождение пред Ним, который готов сегодня этим огнем очистить ваши сердца, очистить вашу жизнь, очистить ваше мышление, ваш менталитет, чтобы ваш разум он стал чистым. И чтобы, выходя по его пути, могли помнить, что огнем очищается золото. А я хочу быть таким золотом, которых буду в руках моего Господа Иисуса Христа. Если вам не будет в тягость, то мы склоним наши колени и помолимся.